Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Great to have some time together today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, These podcasts uh, typically go out Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have a a video morning moments that are posted uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as a general rule, uh, first thing in the morning. And um, but the the young people on our on our staff said that a lot of folks do podcasts or young people uh, use podcasts more than video, so we split it and uh, we do uh, three days video and two days podcasts and and then um, usually most every <clears throat> every day I send out a an email. Just some uh, thought, some uh, biblical truth uh, that hopefully applies to our lives. But I want to thank you for taking some time to join us today. And I want to talk about something a little bit that um, in our culture right now that would have a lot to do, especially with the elections and different things that um, are on people's mind. Uh, We've got the midterm elections and then um, there's going to be campaigning for the next presidential election. And uh, I want to just first of all mention... Um, this simple thing is, what are the titles God gives to us? What are the titles God gives to us? Um, over in um, in First Peter, before, before I get there, I'll just throw this out. Um, our youngest uh, child, Josiah, uh, married, have got a, he and his wife got a two, three-month-old baby. Um, I don't know, two or three months, over two months. And they are officially uh, on the road and uh, won't be back on the West Coast uh, probably uh, until October or so. They may have doctor visits. Their little girl's got a, a hip thing, uh, something that they're checking and stuff. But but pretty well, they're, they're Midwest and East raising support to go to Trinidad. And if you wouldn't mind praying for them, we are, we are short of missionaries. We're short of preachers. And, um, you know, preaching is the moral conscience of a nation. And when a nation begins to turn from God, God begins withdrawing his hand and he uh, basically he'll, he'll, he'll call fewer and fewer men to the ministry. And of course that makes the devil happy. And uh, if you want to, if you, of course you don't, but if our nation wants a society that is free from God, God will give it to them. And God is more than willing to um, just uh, quit calling young men to preach. And um, you see that uh, many denominations can't uh, fill their pulpits, and we can be uh, critical of denominations not reaching the next generation. But the fact is, there's a lot of independent Baptist churches that need need pastors in the pulpit and don't have them. And uh, our Bible colleges are probably have they probably have fewer young people enrolled in them. And one thing I see a lot of is. Young people wanted to, to uh, work in Christian education, maybe youth work, but not many young men feel that touch of God to go out and and uh, take the bull by the horns and and lead a ministry, whether it be in America or around the world. And the great need is preachers. We need preachers. We need preachers of righteousness. We need people that will raise up the banner of holiness. And So pray for these young people. Right now, two of our young uh, couples are on the road. Nate and um, uh, Marissa Patton. Uh, Nate grew up here at our church, and they're on their way to the Philippines. 
And I think they've are pretty close to having the support they need getting there. If they're not there now, they're close. And um, just immigration things and, of course, the crazy vaccination nonsense. But pray for leading for these young people that God would guide them what to do. And then Josiah and Ruth Ann, they're just starting. They've had a few meetings, but because she was expecting a child in January, that put a little bit of a, of a crimp in their traveling style. They need to be near the hospital and different things. But pray for these young people, and then pray for the young people in Bible college. Uh, we need God to touch hearts, and, and our country desperately needs men of God who will stand up and preach the Word of God. And then, of course, we need great people to, to be behind them because uh, the a pastors have no value if God doesn't raise up uh, a congregation uh, with a heart for things that are eternal. And so pray and ask God's blessing this uh, next month. Uh, during the next weeks, really, we have... Um, young people graduating from college. And we've got a couple of our young men finishing up Bible college and both of them seeking clear direction. They've got job opportunities, but they're, they're wanting to know just where God wants them. Pray and pray for God to guide and bless. But now to the scripture. Look there. If you have a Bible, if you're driving, you can't. But I'll read you a verse or two. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. The apostle Peter, uh, he directs his letter uh, he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia. Now, very likely that is a, a literal term, stranger, not a figurative. We're going to be talking about the figurative term. The strangers, these are people, probably Jews, probably Jewish Christians, who've been scattered in their, their misfits. Um, they are not in Israel where they belong. And so it could be that they are being called strangers um, as in Jews in a foreign country. But most certainly, he is talking about um, strangers, meaning you don't fit in society. If you go a little further uh, in the chapter, chapter 1 of First Peter, verse 17, if you call on the Father, um, that's not the right, um, that's not the right verse here. Let me see where I can get here. Um, he says, oh, in verse 17, if ye... Um, call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Uh, to sojourn means to, uh, you're, there, you're there visiting. It's not your home. I was looking for the word stranger and it's sojourn. Um, uh, you don't fit here. This is not where you belong. And, <clears throat> and uh, then over in, in Hebrews, if you go back just a couple of pages, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 um, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. And again, you see that, um, that simple um, comparison, uh, being a stranger, a pilgrim. Pilgrims are not home. Pilgrims are traveling. Strangers are not home. They're in a place that's not theirs. It's not where they... They fit in. And uh, over in um, the Gospel of John, you find in John chapter 8 and John chapter 15, Jesus uses um, basically the phrase, not of this world. You're not of the world, and the world passes away, and different statements like that. <clears throat> he, he talks about us. Um, if you want to look at it, at John 8, 23, um, and John 15, verses 18 and 19, he talks about us not being a part of this world, not belonging in this world. 
when you get born again, uh, there is a spiritual birth that takes place, a, a, a supernatural uh, conception, a person born of the Word of God, born of the Spirit of God, John 3 talks about. We are born of the seed of the Word of God. And so this, this divine transaction that takes place, um, it makes us where our home is, is now in heaven. And uh, this world is not our home. Like the kids singing the song, we're just passing through. And, um, and you know, in, in um, John chapter 14 and verse 30, it's interesting. Jesus several times talks about um, us, the believers, in this world not being our home and not the world not being where we belong. And then um, over in John chapter 14 and verse 30, Jesus says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But then he goes on, that prince of this world, that's the devil. And uh, there, uh, you know, at one point Jesus said, this is your hour. There is this little window of time. And this world, there's a prince of this world. He's called in another place, the prince and power of the air. Um, we're called children of light compared to children of darkness, the unsaved. Now there's a mentality, and I'm going somewhere probably you didn't expect. First of all, we shouldn't fit in this world. James 4, 4 says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. <clears throat> but um, so this world, we should not be comfortable. We shouldn't have all of our love and our cares and and our desires wrapped up in this world, they should be in another place. Colossians 2 or 3 verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your affections. And what is it do you desire? Set your affections on things um, in, in above and not on things in the earth. But that's, and that's certainly a true statement. That's not where I'm going this morning. I want to mention a couple of quick things. There is a mentality among a lot of religious people a lot of, uh, con of conservative Christians, a lot of, of religious people of different denominations, and they get the idea that if we get a bunch of conservatives, that that is the right path. Now, I am a conservative politically, and I am certainly a conservative morally, but if we got everybody in America to be conservatives and they did not get saved, and follow Christ, it would still be a godless nation in the dark. Now look, conservatism is not going to save America. God will save America. Conservative values are the ripple that is the byproduct of people honoring God and knowing their Bible. To try, the, the, the reason we we look at people and think, you know, are they a true conservative? Or are they a pseudo-conservative or partially conservative? And, and uh, in the political realm, in the social world, we look at things like that. Well, the reason is it's they don't know God. See, our, our conservative roots in our nation's founding, these were people that knew the Bible. And though they may not have all been saved, they, they built their political values on the Word of God. And they knew that a kingdom could not rise without the aid of God. And so being a conservative is not the answer. Being a Bible-believing Christian, that's the answer. Because as Bible-believing Christians turn to God, 
God will draw people. Not, and again, not everybody in the nation is going to get saved and, and read their Bible each day. But but uh, conservatism, I just I just uh, just want to warn you today. Simple conservative values can be twisted and warped and manipulated. And uh, what we need is the Word of God. That's our anchor. That's our North Star. That is the thing that holds us fast. That's the rudder of the ship that keeps it on track. If we get a conservative world and then we can fit into the world, we're still in the world because the world passes away. What we're looking for is another world. And and uh, if, I, if, I, if I get together at a big, I've never done it, but if I were to get together at a big convention or something, a Republican convention or whatever, I wouldn't fit in with those people. Now, we might all be pro-life and we might all be pro-America. We might all love the flag, but we're so different. You ever notice how much booze flows of these things? Take the NRA, the National Rifle Association. I'm an NRA member. I've been for, I don't know how many years and years and years. I believe in the Second Amendment, and I think uh, I think it's important to our, our national freedom that uh, we have organizations that are protecting our right to keep and bear arms. And um, but you know, this, even the NRA, as conservative as we would call it, they regularly have their big meetings at wineries, and uh, you know they'll have some. I, I would go to one of these perhaps, but they're at the vineyard, where out, out in the wine country, where they're. You know, they're having balloon rides and they're all boozing it up. You know what? Liquor is godless. In this world of booze drinking, God says, Who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Booze is, is from hell. It's a satanic invention. And and so the, here are these conservative groups. Um, I, one of the things I admired about President Trump when I heard that he didn't drink and his kids didn't drink, I thought, what an incredible thing that a rich guy wouldn't drink liquor. What an amazing thing that a guy'd be in the White House and wouldn't drink liquor. Um, you see, this world's conservative views, they they still, you won't hear him speak strongly on moral values. Um, some of them will speak strongly on, on abortion, but... Um, but uh, they're going to be very tolerant and very gracious. They don't want to lose votes, so they're going to be, they're going to try to banter carefully and tiptoe through the voters when it comes to a lot of other things that uh, that the Bible is very clear on. Um, you know, it, it's just very simple. When in First Corinthians chapter six, when he talks about um, the, the the fornicators and the drunkards and and the effeminate shall not have their part in the kingdom of heaven. And such were some of ye, but ye are washed, and ye are sanctified, you're justified. Um, you know, the, the very idea, trying to find a preacher that even preaches uh, against uh, adultery and, and, and sexual sins, is almost, it just doesn't happen very often, let alone the political world. And so for, for you, uh, as God's people, I am for conservative things. But I'll tell you, uh, that last election I was so disgusted with uh, the whole political scenario, disgusted with conservative news, disgusted with, with the uh, people who, who, uh, who just gave up what was clearly right and and bowed the knee to uh, a, a big old mess. And but the, but the point is this: if you take a whole nation and you get them to give up their liquor and give up abortion, they're still all going to hell unless they get Jesus. And where do we get our marching orders? 
Where do we determine right and wrong? Where, what is the basis for morality? What's the basis of, of a marriage? And how a husband and a wife are to interact. What is the basis for relationships to, from parents to children? If we do not get people back to God, to the Bible, and to salvation, then conservatism is just another human ideology. Um, now again, I understand we're not going to get everybody saved. And so uh, we want as many conservatives as we can in political positions because at least they have some measure of biblical morality. But understand this, that, that conservatism is not the game breaker. Jesus is. I am conservative. As I said earlier, I am for conservative politicians, as I've said earlier. But the thing that's going to make the difference, the thing that's going to make the difference in a nation, in a city, in a family, is the relationship to Jesus Christ. So if we get people saved, get them in church, get them reading their Bibles, and then conservative values will ripple off from there. But to try and get the ripple of conservatism without the cause of conservatism is going to prove to be fatal. And um, we've got to get America, at least America's Christians, back to reading their Bible, back to going to church and Sunday school faithfully, I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, whatever service your church has, you ought, if the door squeaks, you ought to be there. If, you, if your church doesn't believe right, then find another church. And if there's no church nearby that believes right, then move. Pack your bags up. Uh, God never commands you to live in your town, but God did command you to not forsake the assembling of the believers. And uh, we've got to, that uh, as all the things I think about conservative values are rooted first in Jesus Christ. And again, uh, we're going to have a lot of, I'm happy for the conservatives that are not saved. I'm grateful for some of their values, but they're not the answer. The answer is when conservatism is a byproduct of a fear of God and a trust in the scriptures. And that's where you and I as Bible believers, we've got to get, just ask yourself how much time you spent in your Bible today or this week or this month. Um, Talk to some of your friends. Just how much are you read in your Bible? Just be very honest. How much are you reading your Bible? Are you faithful to church? Uh, are you walking a holy walk? That's the key to the Christian life. That's the key to America. Get God in there. And then God will give us all kinds of things. Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin were probably not Christians, but they certainly were conservatives. But their values came from a respect for the Bible. And there were so many who were Christians. They... Um, they were the ones that brought God and the Bible so near. And, of course, we had a nation that respected the Word of God back in the 1700s, and we've lost that. And uh, so let's, let's do the—I uh, I would love—I uh, love President Trump. I thought he was the best thing happened in my lifetime. But um, what we need is we need to get close to Jesus Christ and let him bring conservative values into the nation as a byproduct— of our love for him. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for spending a few minutes together.